Hey everybody, this is Brian Doc Holiday of Geektastic Cypher, and we did an interview, myself and Toby, with David Crownson, the creator of Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, uh, which is now available on Peep Game Comics, which is P-E-E-P-G-A-M-E-C-O-M-I-X.com, and uh, issue one and two, and we talk about the comic book, the inspiration, which is an amazing story, uh, we talk about Marvel over DC, Star Trek over Star Wars, and a slew of other amazing geek things. So check it out right now here on FranklinArmstrong.com. Hold on one sec. Oh, let's start it. Okay. No, no, keep the, yeah, so what, your knee injury? What's up, everybody? We're, oh, yeah, uh, we're I, starting. Go ahead, David. Oh, what, what's up, everybody? I'm just talking about my hilarious knee injury from doing deadlifts. <laughs> Uh, I like to do full body workouts, but then my silly ass was feeling myself too much with this pre-workout and uh, did cardio and an insanity class the next day, and my knee was swollen as hell. Oh, and I, my doctor was like, hey, you need to calm that bullshit down. He didn't <laughs> say those, those words, but he was like, hey, you, you probably should calm that bullshit down and like you should foam roll every now and then <laughs> after your workouts you jackass <laughs> so, now, so, so now i'm like getting back into working out again and doing my full body workouts <laughs> doing my kettlebells and all that jazz and so well we're in try, try, low in the gym dude we're in canada so our free healthcare doctors are usually like that i mean they could probably be ruder than they are but they seem to be nice probably because they're canadian but i just <laughs> I find it funny imagining your doctor being like cut that bullshit out with your stupidity and <laughs> work out properly <laughs> get someone to spot no. you properly <laughs> oh there's toby oh hey what's up man there he is there he is there he is uh so you guys are in canada yeah we're in yeah, montreal buddy. man Yo, I, I have family in Ontario, Toronto, and Montreal. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny because I... actually Doc is in Montreal and I'm in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I was an idiot. I used to say to my cousins, I'm like, yo, since like you black and you're in Canada, are you like African Canadian? <laughs> I've actually, American? I've had that conversation with someone and I always like, say, I used to say like, I'm Caribbean Canadian. No, but it's funny because they don't refer to us as that. They just refer to us as Canadians. This is a yeah, true. American thing. It's true. Yeah, they tend to skip over the whole the whole like yeah. in like Italian American, Irish American. You're just Canadian. The yeah. the It's actually a strictly American thing that I find as part of the whole division issue, right? Oh, I I mean, I still find Montreal is racist as fuck. So <laughs> I mean, it has its moments. Everywhere, just like anywhere else in the world, yeah, yeah. they have our moments. <laughs> mm -hmm, Definitely mm -hmm. not blind to it. We we have our mm -hmm. uh, our division by language up here in Montreal, where the le beaucoup de français has to be spoken and causes uh, some uh, temperament and small arguments from time to time. I mean, I mean, come on now, now. like like Canadians, how, how do y'all really argue? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we say sorry every two like, seconds. We argue and say sorry every two seconds. That's what that's what it is. Yeah, you know, I think my background is in acting and performing. And uh, my friend and I, we were going to write a sketch comedy thing about um, 
how rapper Canadian rappers try to like freestyle and like they try to like diss each other, but they can't like diss each other. So <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, we're working on that sketch right now because we got inspired by uh, this guy. It was it's a, it went viral today. This guy was on a motorcycle in um, I think he was somewhere in the country, and someone almost hit him. And the guy got out of his car and started apologizing. They both kept on apologizing. Like, it was very <laughs> genuine. Like, a very... And it, it wasn't like they weren't trying to be... It was a genuine encounter. Uh, that Because this guy, like, was recording um, for his vlog on his motorcycle. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I came out of nowhere. No, I came out of nowhere. I'm like, I'm like oh, shit, it's real. <laughs> like, they really like, do apologize shit. back and forth. Like, this is, like, a real thing. I, like, talk, try and talk to my cousins. I'm like, yo, like, th that's real? Like, <laughs> it's a, no it's idea a what you're talking about. For a reason. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Uh, I, I love it. I'm about to move. I'm about <laughs> to move. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I don't know if you guys are watching what's happening in my neck of the woods. Oh, but it's, it's yeah. We have no choice. Different. Yeah, <laughs> it's all over our it's news. Very feeds. different. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Well, for those of you who are tuned in right now to this live broadcast, uh, this is a FrankenArmstrong.com exclusive. We are talking with the creator of Harriet Tubman, uh, Demon Slayer, uh, David Crownson, and um, who is coming to us live from the uh, the United States, as he mentioned. Uh, you're on the East Coast, right, David? Yes, I'm on the e the East Side, East, east Coast. Side. What, uh, what of, city, what of, state? Of, of America. I, I am currently residing, I'm in between New Jersey and New York New York City. But right, right now I'm in, I'm in New Jersey because I was doing a uh, um, Kevin Smith's comic book store, The Secret Stash. Yes. They just bought a few comic books off of me because we sold out recently. Uh, so I just, just stopped there to give them issue two. And uh, I'm awesome. doing. I'm also doing. I'm also doing a book signing here in New Jersey on Saturday. Awesome! At, oh man, uh, the Comic Fortress in Somerville, New Jersey. Stop by, everybody. Have a cookie and buy a, a damn comic. And, <laughs> uh, so the comic, the the comic being yes. one one of the things that uh, has that has just kind of blown up. I mean, we watched the Kickstarter video in which you explain that this original idea that was kind of just a small little gem of something you thought to play around with uh, went viral and exploded into something uh, amazingly beautiful and uh, really popular. There's a lot of positive feedback for the idea. And yeah, when I, um, when I actually looked this up, uh, when actually the first time I heard of it, I, it kind of rang true to, uh, or the same as uh, Abe Lincoln vampire slayer. Yeah. 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 I Is think you mentioned it. Yeah. Your inspiration. No, not at all. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, like everyone, like some people thought, oh, he he just wanted to do Abraham Lincoln vampire, but the black person. <laughs> That's the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I was on vacation in Africa. Actually, oh. I was taking like a moment. Um, I like Dave Chappelle. Was... Oh yeah, I like did the <laughs> Dave Chappelle like the two hundred dollar version, <laughs> but not like fifty million dollars. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, like I, I was auditioning a lot. Uh, again, like my background is in acting, and I had been auditioning for um, uh, I auditioned for Orange is the New Black, oh, cool. uh, like a like a to be like on the show, and then I had an audition for a Steve McQueen 
the director of 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. He's doing an amazing TV show. It's like the best scripts ever written. Um, God, I'm so jealous you get to read those scripts, great... by the way. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like the best pilot. Like, it, it was based, like, it seemed kind of like Fifty Shades of Grey, but with, like, black people. Okay. Um, it was, I don't think it's coming out anymore. Oh. But it was such a good, it was such a good script. Uh, and, and then, and then I auditioned for an independent film called, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> <J. J>. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and that was a really intense time because I had to keep coming in back and forth for that, um, audition. And uh, I was really stressing out because I was you know, there was a lot of callbacks for all three of these. And my mom said, like, hey, you're kind of stressing out being in the city and you're stressing out trying to pay for this apartment. Yeah. And you're trying to do auditions. If you don't get any of these, I think you should take a break. You should move. You should, like, come live with us in Africa. Cause my parents are originally from Ghana, West Africa. OK, so I was oh, like, sweet. oh, yeah. So I was like, no, mom, I had a good callback for this untitled J.J. <laughs> Abrams Disney project. <laughs> That's what it was called at the time. And, uh, and she's like, okay. And then, like, as soon as, like, it was, like, John Boyega has been cast as... Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, all right, where the Africa ticket's out. <laughs> where the Africa ticket's oh, out. wait, so wait, did you but really... Yeah. Did you audition for Finn? Is that the, like... The... I'll, I, I auditioned for two parts. Okay. There's one part that I'm shocked they cut this out of the movie. Um, there was one part, you know, the guy, you guys have obviously seen The Force yeah. Awakens. Yeah, we were just talking about it before you uh, we connected with you, actually. Yeah, the guy that gets, uh, that touches Finn's helmet. Okay. That, that leaves, like, blood on his helmet. That guy has lines. Oh. <laughs> okay. He talks to, he, him and Finn have a dialogue between each other oh was um, that one of the like inspiration for why finn actually feels something about this yes okay i and thought so like, i thought there was something missing from that sorry go ahead go ahead yeah like there was like a few lines where i just say to him um when i first auditioned they made it seem like it was an army movie okay and uh like i'm talking to him like um I'm just, I'm not, we're just like in this bunker, ready, getting ready to be deployed. And I just said, like, hey, is this your first mission? And he's like, uh, his gun is like shaking because he's nervous, kind of right. like. Yeah. And I just say, hey, man, I, I've been on a bunch of missions. So, like, if, just keep your eyes on me. I got your back. All right. <laughs> and then he says, all right. And then I get shot. Yeah. And then I touch his helmet and I say, I got your back and I die. Oh. And, uh, and then, but they liked me a lot, and I had also been auditioning. Um, I think I auditioned for oh, what's the name of that book? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but, uh, a... it, it has. Uh, it's TV. like it, it. It was. It was another trilogy of young adult novels that had. Um, Divergent, oh, man, Maze Runner. Yes, yes, it was Divergent. Divergent. I, I just I auditioned okay. for Insurgent. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, the lot, yeah. <laughs> I just watched the last one yeah. actually a week and a half ago, maybe. I, I I've never seen any of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I just didn't have any inference. I, uh, that's not to just them, but no, but, no, uh, no. Yeah, I think they had seen my tape and it was circulating around. They wanted me to 
usually when, you, when you're acting, you build a reputation and your tape gets circulated around when it's a lead role for certain okay. things. Right. So I had auditioned and you know, the, the tape had floated around and they liked it, so they called me in. And I said, okay, if he got called in for a lead, like, let's see what he can do with this. So then they sent me um, another script and they didn't tell me what it was. I still had no idea what I was auditioning for uh, when I first came in. Like, I thought I was auditioning for, like, an army movie. Yeah. And and then uh, I get a script, and I think it's, like, from, like, Band of Brothers or something like that. It's like another army type of thing. I'm like, okay, cool. And I go in, and I read again, and they like me. They said, okay, we're going to call you in for something. We're going to call you in again. My manager called me to get specific, and she just said, like, hey, for this next audition, you can't post about it. You can't tweet about it. You can't Facebook. I'm like, yo, calm the hell down. I don't like tweet my damn business every five seconds. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, no, no. She's like, no. You don't understand. Like, your name is all over this. If it gets out, we will be sued. I'm like, no. I'm like, yeah. It is not that deep. Relax. <laughs> and I, I had no idea what I was going in for. And so I, I, re, I memorized the lines. And this was for when Finn is uh, talking to, I think Maz Kanan. I, I can't. Yeah, Whoever yeah. Lupita Nyong'o plays. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, I'm Maz. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, it's that, it's that scene. And I, I go in, and like the uh, modern, I, modern day Cantina scene, right? The what, the the one that yes, people compare to. Yes, the modern to, yeah. day Cantina scene. Yeah, let's the just, one. Let's keep it real. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I go in for that, and this time the audition's in a totally different place, and. Uh, I go, to, I go to that address and I go up the elevator and as soon as like the door open it says like Lucasfilm oh. and I was like oh, what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> and like the most gorgeous redhead you've ever seen in your life is there and she's just like hello Mr. Crownson and I'm like oh shit she knows my name <laughs> and she's, like, <laughs> she's just like hey um, they're seeing someone right now can you please have a seat and uh, do you want anything to eat? I'm like, I'm like, word, y'all gonna feed my ass? I'm like, hell yeah, that's really good. <laughs> and you know, there's like seven different types of bottled water. There's like Fiji water and like smart water. There's all types of water and like croissants and like food. <laughs> and I'm just, sitting, I am just sitting down getting my entire life eating this croissant and just Danish and like. Forget uh, why you're uh, there for a quick moment. I, oh yeah, my black ass <laughs> got too comfortable and forgot why I was there. Uh, <laughs> and then I see the dude from uh, dude who eventually got cast as Cyborg in Justice League is walking out. Ray like, Fisher. Oh, shit, that guy. <laughs> at, at the time, he was on Broadway playing Muhammad Ali. Oh cool. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh, shit, there's that guy. <laughs> I forgot his name. I was like, hey, there's Muhammad Ali. And I'm like, oh, there's Muhammad Ali. I'm just eating my croissant and shit. And uh, so then they call me in, and I walk in. I, and usually when, as an actor, when you audition, it's only like two or three people in the room. But I walk in, and there's like an entire like group, like 15 people. And they're all like, hey. And I, I like had some itis from the croissant <laughs> I ate, all the food I ate, so I'm kind of like relaxed. And they're like, wow, you're really calm. Yeah. Like, oh, I just, I, I ate a lot of food and a lot of, like, I ate a bunch of croissants and blueberries, I'm sorry, and stuff. And, you know, and then we just do it a few times and 
they said, great work, and then they called in again. And this time, when I was taking the elevator up, the guy who actually played, um, damn, I forget these actors' names. This is really bad of me. Oh, man. He, <laughs> that he was, happens. He, he, he's a great actor. He, he played Flash in Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> um, oh, yes. He, um, he did that Netflix series with uh, Josh, the guy from Drake and Josh, Josh and Drake or whatever. Yes. Okay. I'll find his name, but I'll let you continue. Yeah. Yeah, he's a Spanish actor, yeah. and he was coming out, and I was like, oh, there's that guy. <laughs> there's that guy who's uh, very talented, a fan of his work. I had seen him in an, another independent film, and I'm like, cool. And, yeah, so, like, I went in and just, you know, it was the same thing. Gorgeous redhead said, hello, Mr. Cranston. And I'm like, hey, Sa- hey, Sandra. <laughs> and that was her name. Um, First name basis just, now. Again, the same thing. Oh yeah, first name basis. I will never forget that woman's <laughs> name. <laughs> but yeah, like we auditioned and it was I was in the room longer this time, and uh, I, then I just ended up not getting it. Oh, okay. Uh, and by the way, that actor's name is Tony Rivolori. Rivolori. Yes, yes, Tony. I'm sorry if you ever see this <laughs> <laughs> or hear about. Well, I, I would hope you would hear and see this. But yeah, so I, I just was a little bit upset, and I, uh, I so I go to Africa, right? Yeah. Africa is amazing, gentlemen. Please do it. It's beautiful. I loved it. Uh, and I was channel surfing when I was in Africa, and uh, this Harriet Tubman documentary came on, right? Okay. And I'm like, oh snap, Harriet Tubman, I. I wrote like book reports on her, and like yeah. I, I like I just love what she does, and I I respect, and like I, you know I couldn't I like love Harriet Tubman so much, and then in Africa, uh, well I don't know about the whole of Africa, but in Ghana, <laughs> in Ghana specifically, there are long commercials, and where I was like the commercials can, will run for like five minutes. It doesn't seem like a long time, like a long That's time. A that is a lot <laughs> of running commercials. Yeah. Yeah, so I get kind of, even though the commercials are extremely entertaining, um, <laughs> like, like just, you know how when you watch, like, a trailer, there's a, a, a trailer guy with an epic voice? Yeah. Like, in, in world where, yeah. like, like, there's that, but, like, imagine right. that, but, like, the African version of that. <laughs> That's it's awesome. like... It's amazing, and it's like Matthew McConaughey stars in Interstellar from the director of The Dark Knight <laughs> and Inception. Christopher Nolan, Interstellar, now playing. I'm like, oh shit! Like this is amazing. Like, um, so, so yeah, you're watching this uh, during Harriet Tubman. Yeah, I'm watching uh, the Harriet Tubman documentary, and I'm channel surfing, and. Crash and Tiger Hidden Dragon comes on and I'm like, oh awesome. Oh and I'm starting to see yes. it. I'm starting to see it. Yeah, so I'm watching Crash and Tiger Hidden Dragon, but it's the it's the last part where it's Michelle Yao and Zhang Z having their epic sword fight, right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like this is amazing. And then the another commercial break, and I'm like, okay, let me channel surf some more. And then uh Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters come on. And I'm like, oh, cool. I, I've always heard about this movie. I really wanted to watch it. I'm really excited, but I never got a chance to watch this movie. So I watch it, and I, I was um, I was let down by the movie. Yeah. Nicely. 
Because like I, I I just thought there were so many opportunities to do cool stuff with that. Yeah. I I didn't think that the filmmakers and storytellers really took advantage of it. So I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks. This movie wasn't as great as I thought it would be. Damn it. So later on that, that night, I'm just kind of like doing like, I I would keep a journal and just document my experience uh, being in Ghana. Yeah. And I'm writing down like, um, I wrote down, watch Terry Tubman. Watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, awesome fight sequence, and Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunter, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, and then just you know talking about a whole bunch of stuff, and and then I went back and I looked at the page again, and when I looked at the page this time, like three things jumped at me. It was Harriet Tubman. It was fight scene with katanas with the Crash Dragon Hidden Dragon thing, and then the Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. And then, like, this uh... is kind of weird. It just kind of ha- happened. And I was like, Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. And I, like, wrote it down and, like, circled it and underlined it. But I didn't, like, you know, I didn't know what it was. I just loved that visual. Like, you know, what if Harriet Tubman was, like, a martial artist and, like, she could kick your ass? And, That's like, awesome. That's, like, one of those organic moments a yeah. lot of people actually wish for, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was like just amazing divine inspiration. Um, and I didn't know what the story was. I just was stuck on that image of like the four foot 11, which is the actual height of Harriet Tubman. Oh, wow. Uh, her being four foot 11, but she knows martial arts and has like superhuman strength. Yeah. And I was like kind of thinking, I'm like, this is like, what if it's like Django Unchained meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was kind of just kind of like living within me and I, I kind of put it to the side because I didn't know what it was. I'm like, oh, I, can, I don't have millions of dollars to make a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I don't have like, I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to do an, an animated series. So I just kind of let it sleep. And and then I was like, about seven months later, I'm like, well, wait, I like comic books a lot. I was going to ask you if you're a big comic book fan because when you, in in the time that you're telling the story and it was like three movies, you're an actor and all that stuff, and the fact that this is a comic book, I was wondering, like, did you, and I, I, I saw on the Kickstarter all the different art by the people that you've worked with. I wondered if mm-hmm. you yourself had read their stuff and you'd been working with them or if this was kind of just like the Genesis idea of the, it happened here and that stuff came later. Yeah, like I I am a big comic book guy. Uh, my dad got me into comics as a kid. He he got me into comic books when Superman uh, died. <laughs> it was a big deal. It was a big deal here in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a big deal for me. Oh yes, all over the news. It was like an actual person died. Yeah, and, it's true, eh? And like. Yeah, it was all over, you know, CNN, and my dad bought the trade paperback, The Death of Superman. Yeah. My dad was like, this comic will be worth so much money. (laughs) And, like, to my dad's disappointment, I, like, I kept on reading it, and I brought it with me every single day. (laughs) And now it's, like, it's all tattered and messed up (laughs) (laughs) to my dad's disappointment. And, And that was my first foray into Superman. Yeah. And I... And I started reading Spider-Man, started reading Batman and Spawn, and then even comic strips. Like, uh, I used to read, like, Curtis, you know, because he was, like, a black kid. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Boondocks and Garfield, um, Archie Comics, keeping it old school, Betty yeah. and Veronica. 
Uh, keeping it old school. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Riverdale. I don't watch that show. It's actually um, not a bad show, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I heard. I heard. Because at first I'm like, man, do I want to watch like a, the dark version of Archie Collins? Yeah. Well, but I heard it's, it's actually very good. Well, it's like yeah, Gossip it's, Girl. Take but... the names and characters out and replace them with anyone, it's, and it's a good show. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. It's Yeah, because when, when you're watching it as Archie, it's it's like they're trying too hard to make like Jughead. For example, w- one of the main things, Jughead is the most emo of emo characters in the show. <laughs> and when you're like reading the comic book, Jughead is not even like Jughead doesn't have emotion. He's just pure food. Like, that's all he and cares I about. I have seen him eat once on the show. I know, right? There's only been like there's one, season two. There's one episode where he finally eats a burger. Season one, he actually <laughs> never eats a burger. He only eats French fries. And they actually made a video at the end of season one said Jughead finally eats a burger, and it's just a video of Cole Sprouse eating a burger dressed as Jughead because the fans had demanded it so much. They're like, fine, we'll show him eating a burger. So that's how ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I think you are right because there is legit. I think I, I watched like a clip, and there was something off about the clip. It was just him and Archie at a diner. Yeah. And Archie's like eating, and Jughead's just looking at Archie. Yeah, he like, never in like, season I don't one. Know why something's off about this? He didn't eat one damn burger. Nope, never <laughs> eats a burger. Season one, all he does is eat fries. Like he maybe eats fries, and that's the thing. A lot of people talk about how, um, and like uh, you know. We were talking about Riverdale and comic books in general, and it's that conversion from the comic to the TV. People always complain they can never do it justice because they, they, they never try and honor the characters. The source material, right? The source material. Um, right. And that's right. actually I mean, something I wanted to. In this case. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's something I want to talk about a little bit later on about what the, you know, the, like Harriet Tubman. Demon Slayer as a as a possible show or movie animated series, but oh yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw the smile. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, we can talk. Well, we can kind of talk about. I can't, I can, but can't talk about certain things. Well, so, um, so how about this? How about you give us a quick synopsis for those listening of what this comic book is about and the characters, if you can touch on it a bit. Yeah, sure. So basically. Harriet Tubman bumps into a family of three called the Edgefields. Yeah. And the Edgefields are already escaping. They're on their way out um, from slavery for reasons you will find out in issue three, why they're escaping. Uh, I mean, just being... Side effect, yeah, I was going to say, ahead. just being slaves, you <laughs> just want to escape. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like... Like, besides the fact that slavery is problematic as fuck, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they, they, they have very specific reasons why, you know, they decide. Because, again, for some people, to for some slaves, they would get certain promotions. They'd be allowed to sleep in the house. Like, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. some slaves might get uh, the privilege of learning how to read, but you can yeah. only read the Bible. Oh. And oh, that's an interesting. You point. know, some people didn't. Yeah, you know, and and you and being given certain advantages and um, being allowed to eat inside and not sleep outside, like like it's like, oh, why would I want to like escape? I have it good. I get to yeah. sleep inside a house. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't have to sleep outside anymore. Like, why would I want to escape? But then, so, so we're yeah, going to find or, out about the um, edge fields in issue three, why they are wanting to escape. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, because at first, like, it seems like they have it, like, a little, like, it seems like they have it good. Yeah. But then something happens, and they're like, oh, we got to, like, 
they it's been on their mind but um they bump into these like slave owners and they're slave patrollers yeah patrol and yeah. yeah just to make sure that no one escapes the plantation and you know the edge fields are badasses themselves and they have guns and they shoot these guys dead and spoiler alert sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> well Pick question issue one in issue one the like the roger jeffrey and ace um i mean this is just kind of off topic a little bit but did those names come from like were you like picking out people that have done you wrong in the past and you're just like who are these white devils that i can name with these demons after? <laughs> <laughs> okay well oh man i'm afraid to say okay okay when i wrote this because i wondered I, I really wondered okay when i wrote this i wrote this in like april of 2016 yeah uh roger if you look at how he looks yeah it's very familiar he kind of looks like the most popular person in america yeah yeah and i i did base roger off of this person <laughs> whose name begins with ron gold <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> but when this person got even more popular uh he got primarily popular <laughs> um i'm like oh i gotta change his name so let's make him my friends like yeah make him I'm like make him uh just keep it just just make him Don <laughs> and I'm like oh no I'm not I'm not getting shot his name is Roger <laughs> yeah. uh, so Roger Roger works <laughs> yeah Roger and also we we have a nice funny little sister sister reference with um <laughs> with his name so it, it all worked out That's in funny. the comics um, but, but yeah, like, so, so Harriet bumps into them and Harriet saves them from these slave patrollers that turn out to be vampires. Yeah. And Harriet, uh, agrees to lead them to freedom and lead them to Canada. While this is happening, a bunch of slave owners are getting kind of like worried and they're freaking out because a bunch of their slaves are disappearing. So they team up with this dark entity who is actually the big bad of the comic, who his name is Maurice Jones, who I based him off of a mixture of Joel Olstein and Matthew McConaughey. Um, <laughs> and he's basically That's this thousand year old com- demon. Interesting combination. Yeah, he's yeah. A sub- yeah, he's a southern gentleman and he's the <laughs> nicest, most friendliest guy in the world, but he'll eat you. Oh. <laughs> with a smile. On- with a smile on his face and he has superhuman strength. I mean, and those are always my favorite mm-hmm. villains. The type of villain that, you know, at the end of the day is is a villain that no one knows about because they're just so well respected in the community. No one knows that they're a villain. Everything's behind closed doors. You know, that they they might be like helping child like run school after school programs, but at the same time they're a drug kingpin who's fee- funneling money to sell drugs to kids that don't stay in the after school oh, yeah. program. And those I was are actually going to say kingpin and you mentioned the word kingpin, but yeah. kind of like the kingpin. Yeah, where, exactly. You know, he's, he's the man whose name should never be spoken. Yeah. No one's know, no one knows who he is, but he could be just some nice guy on the side doing whatever and nobody would ever know he's the kingpin running the whole uh, running yeah. the streets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. He, he's a nice 300-pound bald guy at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <You know? laughs> like, and I, I just, I, I think it's even scarier that, like, when I based it off Matthew McConaughey, they said, oh, have you seen Dark Tower? Because Dark Tower came out, and they said, oh, what if you turn this into a TV show, and Matt, you want Matthew McConaughey to play Maurice? I'm like, Matthew McConaughey will not... Maurice will not be like the guy in Dark Tower because the yeah. guy in Dark Tower is obviously a villain. Yeah. What makes this guy scarier is that you would never think this handsome, yeah, yeah. well-spoken right. Southern gentleman in a, in a white suit. Yeah, a purely white suit. And imagine who like you guys know who Joel Olstein is. Of course. Can you imagine how scary it would be to be in a fist fight with that guy if he could actually kick your ass <laughs> and he's and he keeps coming at you and he's just like, hi, how's it going? And he's and he can break your arm and he's going to be very calm and take his time while talking while you're like fighting for your life. Yeah. And you can't do anything well, about that's, it. <laughs> that's you dark. You can't do a damn thing about it. That is I'm dark. Like, yeah, so that guy's the bit the big bad. So he teams up. Maurice teams up with. Uh, well, these townspeople are so scared of Maurice <laughs> that uh, they agree to put this bounty up. And the bounty is for forty five thousand dollars. That's actual historical. When they found who Harriet Tubman was, they oh, put crazy. a bounty up for forty five thousand dollars on her head. Um, so there's a bounty on Harriet Tubman's head. But Maurice, he omits this beacon, and this beacon, only paranormal people can see it. So that's witches, werewolves, demons, and vampires, yeah. uh, et cetera, can all see it. And it reaches, like, across America, across the globe, and it's saying, like, capture Harriet Tubman, bring her to me, and you'll get $45,000. So Harriet Tubman has to lead the Edgefields to freedom in Canada while battling like a slew of these demons, witches, vampires, and werewolves. And yeah. the tagline was for every single level there's a different devil. Oh. And the un That's a nice one. Yeah. And the underground Thank thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I didn't come up with it. I I got it from an inspirational self help book. Um, but it's a different context. <laughs> it was a different context. It works. It works. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Harriet Tubman has to lead them, and I imagine it being, uh, again, like the essence of, you know, para the paranormal from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and also like kind of like the rag team of Scooby-Doo gang of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, with, you know, similar to the energy and um, background of a Django Unchained at feel, yeah. but it's Every issue is consistently moving, like the pacing, like it, like the whole. It's gonna be thirteen issues. Okay. And I imagine it being uh, thirteen issues of a giant chase scene, and they they have to keep moving. So it's kind of like Mad Max Fury Road because they're consistently moving and they yeah. can't stop. <laughs> you and know, you know what, the, one what the pacing, what the pacing and the artwork reminds me of is Walking Dead. In the sense that, like, yeah. you're, you're just, it's just continuously going. And man, I was actually talking to Doc about this before, and it kind of follows, it's a little follow up to what I just said is what comes first, the words or the artwork? Or do you work in unison with the person you choose to actually illustrate your words? Well, like, first, when I'm doing it, like, 
there's something. Uh, and the artwork is phenomenal, uh, by the way. Thank you. Like Cortland did an amazing job on issue one, and Joey, uh, Joey, who did issue two, he's done like X Men Blue for Marvel, and he's done uh, what else has he done? Um, I think he's doing another untitled thing for Marvel that I can't say what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but it's really cool. Um, Joey, let's do a Miles Morales comic, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, like for me, there was something this uh, creator said to me. He said, "When you're a writer, you're you're also an artist because you're still drawing that picture in your head for them to see it." Yeah. And uh, when you're when I'm when I write a screenplay, it's totally different for when I write a comic book. Because when I'm writing a comic book, I very specific. Not just in like, oh, it should look like this. I, I'm j I just get specific about the intention. So I do about 50% because you want to leave enough imagination for the artist to do their thing, to fill in the, the picture, Right. if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. I, like I will make blueprints, but I always tell my artists, I'm like, hey, if you, know, if you feel a certain way about it, um, try, try go in whatever direction you want. Like, I did this at 3 a.m., in my room, uh, but you might have a better way of showing it. But thankfully, like, I think we've all kind of been in sync when it comes to it. Yeah. Has, um, there's never. Has there, one of their ideas ever influenced how you wanted to tell the story? Like, if they were like, I really want to draw this piece in this way based on how you're describing it. And then you're like, oh, and it makes me feel like I could move the story this way for this panel. Like, is it collaborative in a sense? Yeah, like, issue one, uh, when, when everything was all said and done, uh, Cortland had, Cortland also did the lettering on issue one. Oh, cool. And he said, like, hey, um, I have some feelings about the dialogue here. Hmm. And this is, a, like, this isn't about me. It's not, like, about him. It's about us. Yeah. And it's about we're serving... Uh, this isn't about egos all when you're working with me, that shit is put to the side and we are serving the master of the actual project and what works for it. And he, he said like, I had my wife read issue one and she didn't like this, uh, this, this part of it. Hmm. And, and I, I was like, okay, well, and I'll even throw it back at him. I'll say, well, 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 well what do you want? Yeah. 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 What, what do you want? Cause this isn't my book anymore. It, this was my book when I kept it to myself yeah. randomly, um, at night. But now that I've put it out there and I've paid and you, names are on it. It, yeah, both our names are on like Harriet Tubman belongs to us. That, that sounds bad. Harriet Tubman, <laughs> demon slayer. <laughs> belong, Harriet, Harriet Tubman, demon slayer belongs to us now. Yeah. It's right. not just my book anymore. It's Joey's book. It's Josh's book. It's John's book. It's Cortland's book. These are the other artists that are going to be coloring and illustrating other issues. Yeah. And it's Derek's book. Um, so like this is a team effort and I'm doing uh, and it, to answer your question, I think I like to do a vision of everyone else's vision. Like I'll look through what how, what Joey has drawn. Like Joey is great at drawing like aerial stuff yeah. with Spider-Man because he's been working with Marvel. He's also doing like some cool like Black Panther stuff. So there's uh, issue three. There's going to be a, a lot of parkour oh, nice. and jumping. 
happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and sometimes like I just trust them because I've seen their work and these guys are all pros. Like when I was writing the script, when I wrote like the description for the action, I literally just put like Joey, make this look epic as fuck. <laughs> like I'll talk to them. <laughs> like I'll literally like talk to them. Like yeah. I'm in the room with them. You know, just so that. <laughs> that pres like you know because we, we, we'll even talk on the phone and you know sometimes i'll say like hey um hey, could you make harriet like a little bit shorter please okay yeah. um and, it, and it's not even like anything too huge like i've never said like do that fucking page yeah, yeah, yeah like right. that that's never that, that's never happened and i don't and i honestly don't think that'll ever happen that's how you keep uh, the relationship organic and free free flowing, right? You don't want to kind of restrict the artistic vision, also. Oh yeah, no, I, I like if there is like a panel like where I specifically want this to be here because it's going to set Influence, up for something yeah. in right. issue six. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and they might. I, I think there was one thing where uh, I think actually the only time we've ever had like. A disagreement was was for the cover for issue two. Okay. Um. I think when Joey Joey drew that in a weekend, by the way, oh, damn. <laughs> he he drew that on New Year's Eve and he was done by New Year's Day. Wow. And I was like, Yo, man. I'm like, Yo, relax, calm the fuck down. Um. And, that's, and he said, Is that the one where she's standing with the katana and there's like a like a group of them coming down? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The cover of issue two. Which, yeah, uh, that's a dope. I cover. was inspired. Thank you. I, I was inspired by an Avengers um, uh, cover. Uh, it's it, it's my inspiration and ode to to comic books that have inspired me. So I just thought it was a cool image. Where yeah. I think it's Electra versus the Hand. Oh, okay. I can <laughs> dude, see. That yeah, is an amazing. I just. I just looked up the cover. That is an amazing cover, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, thank you. Yeah, I have the yeah because so. it's at the end of the comicsology uh, issue, so I just uh, I just saw it now. Um, yeah, man. Like years, I think Joey didn't want her. I, I have that Harriet has like um, certain like band bandages like just wrapped around like her her wrist and her fists, so like you know she doesn't get hurt when she's like punching people and yeah. stuff. Joey wanted to not have it there, and I'm like, um, it needs to be there. Not only because, like, but it, it, just, it looks it looks really cool. I like it a lot. Thank you. I mean, it All also right, makes it also makes sense because, like, in most of those comic books, Elektra. Um, I mean, when uh, Clint becomes Ronin in the Avengers comic book, they they often have their hands and arms bandaged that way. Um, to protect them and you know sometimes they even have those bandages and they have stuff underneath it so that if they get hit with a weapon it blocks so uh, I mean block it, yeah. yeah it makes sense oh, uh, yes. like re looking at this cover yeah, especially if like what I'm thinking in my head when I see a cover like this and the, the type of creatures I don't know if these are vampires they look more like demons but I see long claws and I'm, I'm expecting them to try and claw at her and expose flesh much like in The Walking Dead any exposed flesh is an issue for you. Um, so it, mm -hmm. you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do, but I do like the fact that you guys have that back and forth where you discuss it and try and figure out, you know, how to make this work and, 
how to draw and navigate through the story because i mean once again kudos to you because when a lot of people come up with ideas it's hard to let go of the idea and accept that the idea is now a group effort once you get other people involved it's very hard um i mean even just this doing frank and armstrong was this idea that i had in 2015 yeah and then i reached out Uh to a group of people that i thought would would like would get what i was trying to do and at first it was it was kind of like you know you're scared because you have this idea in your head of what you want it to be and but for every person you add to it the idea has to give way to some of their opinion because you're asking them to be a part of it right and if Mm -hmm. anything it's only made the website stronger through the collective that i that you know we've established and like uh, as for you as a writer and so I'm, far o- only the strongest survived yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but you as a writer oh, well, like i can imagine that mm-hmm. that process with whenever you're writing with someone or teaming up with someone th- there's always that interesting kind of give and take well yeah i i just i think that well you you, you guys have seen um guardians of the galaxy yeah i'm yeah. assuming yeah you know like <laughs> Groot keeps on saying, I am Groot throughout the whole entire movie. Yeah. And there's just this philosophy, I believe, in that we are, people are stronger once you become a part of a unit. Yeah. When you become we and you stand for something. Yeah. And and we are so much more powerful when we use the term we and us. Um, That's what what I... uh, aspire to do and we're soon we're, we're going to be making more of these comics and i think we're all going to have to be in sync with each other and put also a lot of trust and respect in each other yeah um yeah. as well and you know what you were saying with uh taking it from here and then putting it out there yeah. it's way more powerful when you put it out there and other people can have their thoughts and ideas and their points of view, and then it expands and then it evolves and it becomes this living organism. And it, it, it just to act as like a team. Teams get things done faster, oh, yeah. and and we're stronger together than apart. Like freaking, I know like Voltron? it's a cliche of like we watch these movies like Avengers. And yeah, Eternals, yeah. Like we're but. Like united, united we stand. And, <laughs> yeah. and I wholeheartedly, I hold, like it's it's like we're laughing. It's funny, but you know, like I can't, Joey can't, or in Cortland they can't do this without my words. I can't do this without their art. Yeah. Um, we can't do this without Cortland doing lettering. Yeah. You know, uh, we we could, but we wouldn't want to. <laughs> like. We all kind of like each other a lot. Yeah. You know. Uh, you had mentioned uh, at one point in what you were saying about um, like outside perspectives and people with their opinions. Uh, one of the one of the few things when I first first heard about this, I just remember it. I mean, you've been in the States, so you probably had similar. Like I went to Marcus Carvey Day Camp when I was a kid. You know, like you go through all mm-hmm. these. Uh, establishments that reflect the black community. Harriet Tubman is an iconic image in the black community. Uh, Martin Luther, right. Malcolm. Mm-hmm. When you were writing the story and Harriet Tubman as a name means so much, 
did were you concerned about how some people were gonna see or perceive you using the name? You know, like are are they gonna be accepting? Where did you did you have that aunt who was just like, honey, you can't use hair tummy like that? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like the way well, what's hilarious is I had none of that during the process of writing it. Oh wow! I got it. Like I wasn't really because in my head I'm like in America. Y- y'all made Abraham Lincoln a damn vampire hunter. I- I'll do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. That's uh, um, hilarious you say that because when Doc brought this up with me earlier, that's the same thing I said. Yeah. Well, my my, <laughs> my response to him when he said that was, I said, but white people don't care about their iconic heroes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't trying to say it to be mean, but I mean, Abraham Lincoln, like... There's some people like I know some people who don't care at all about what Abraham Lincoln means to America or George Washington. They're just like, what do I care about these founding fathers? I I'm here now. I'm like, you you are you're here because of them. Like that just seems weird to me. But uh, you know exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, I, in the case of Harriet Tubman, this adds to her mystique. I like that we're able to actually like take someone that, you know with that name and make something like this that came out of your mind your brainchild mm-hmm. out of it you know i like the idea a lot yeah thank you thank you so much like and, and again like it uh when i it, it was just it came so it came to me so organic like yeah. i had i had to do it and when i first uh when i first met Cortland on social media and i said hey man i have this idea for a comic book and he's like what's it called and I, I was really excited, and I told him about it. He's like, oh, we're going to get in trouble. I'm like, oh, I don't care. And, like, he – I told him the idea for the cover, and he drew the cover, and he drew it in two weeks, and he got back to me. And uh, I, like, told him everything how I wanted it, and I said, hey, I think it should be Harriet Tubman staring at us with katanas. And within the reflection of the katanas, I think there should be demons, which is – vampires werewolves go crazy do whatever you want and he's like okay you know and that's how i am with my artists i give them a description on we'll meet each other in the middle <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and uh and yeah he did it and i loved the cover and I, I shared it like a month like two months later and it went viral and then some people were like how dare you do this to harry yeah Tell that's me. what i was wondering <laughs> like like how like you should be your mama didn't raise you right how dare you do this to Harriet Tubman? And I was at first like I was like I was like oh no like like am I being disrespectful? Like, I didn't know like and and then uh, I, I was I was actually gonna quit because like oh no there was okay. like some some people were like dragging me and I got kind of I've never been like assaulted digitally by yeah. strangers <laughs> or like I've never been trolled before and then. Um, some will say that's a sign you've made it. Yeah, 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 it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I was scared. So, <laughs> like, because I'm used to like, like I'm easygoing. I get along with people and all that stuff. Um, and I think this one kid said like, uh, he, this one, this one young brother, he was like, ah, oh, excuse me. Um, I looked at this image and I thought it was dope as fuck. And <laughs> this image has inspired me to read more about uh the real harriet tubman oh that's good anticipation for this actual comic book thing for y'all 
Uh, my name is Terrence. I am 16 years old, and I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. And I was like, thank you, Terrence. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck these guys. Yeah, like, yeah. You know? That's dope. And, and that's like, really, really dope, though. Yeah, so, yeah, thank, thank you. And I, I just, doing the research for it, like, I know everyone's like, oh, the, the, the icon, Harriet Tubman. But I, I thought... I thought more about Harriet. Yeah. Like, like she didn't, she had no idea guys that she was going to become this famous true. icon. True. She, she whole, she wholeheartedly had, had a divine calling Yep. to do something. And she felt it was the right thing to do. And I just focused on the person, the per, this person who, whose name just happens to be Harriet Tubman. And I kind of put that to the side that, you know, yes, I, I understand the gravity and the scope of her as an icon, but that, but what made me more interested it was it was like it was just one little thing about her. It was just one sentence where I think a slave was having a panic attack while they were traveling, and she like the, he, this dude was bugging out because yeah. uh, yes, I'm writing about werewolves and demons and witches. What's really scary is the unknown yeah. and escaping to something new and. Boom, are we going to make it? Do we have enough food? That shit is scary. Yeah. And this guy was having a panic attack because he's like, I've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. My family, right. I, I uprooted my family. This was bad. This was terrible. Like, this dude's like bugging out, yeah. freaking out. <laughs> and Harriet like sits him down and calms him down. And she, she I forgot like what was said, but she made him laugh. Yeah. Huh. And I was like, what? Harriet Tubman was funny? <laughs> <laughs> And it just, and that kind of like, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of this, guys. I don't know, like, if you've seen this in America, like, the strong black woman is a very stoic, neutral, serious person. Yeah. And right. big mom of the family. You know, my parents are, yeah. And I'm like, no. And we always thought, and the images we've seen of Harriet Tubman are very, like, strong, very serious person. Yeah. And, but then it was a new, like, lease on what it means, what it really means to be strong. And almost putting, like, a mask on in a way and also how you affect other people. Yeah. Like, there was a time, my family, we were, we, were, we were broke and we didn't have any money. And my mom, who happens to be 4'11", <laughs> um, you know, would just kind of shield us away from the stress that she was feeling and the burden of it and you know would talk to us in a certain way my mom's a very happy go lucky woman and she's like hi guys hi, hi kids how you doing and my mom talks like that and and but you know don't mess my mom my mom, yeah. my mom can kick your ass yeah. um, <laughs> you know like I thought about my mom and then and then thought about that one like sentence. I never saw it again, um, and I was just like, "Oh, like I think I have a way of doing this and making her uh, well-rounded." Yet, and and also like my favorite superhero is Superman, and like <laughs> I thought of like the essence of what makes Superman great. Like when Batman is fighting you, Batman's gonna fuck you up. Yeah, right. And, like. When Wonder Woman's fighting you, like she she'll be nice about it, but she'll kill you. Yeah, you know she's a warrior. Yeah. When Superman's when Superman's fighting you, he's kind of trying to help you in a way. Like 
he's like, hey, like I could easily like kill you in 30 yeah. seconds. He's pulling punches like, at everybody. Oh, yeah, the paper bag. Is it the oh. paper bag scene from Justice League, I think? That whole speech about he doesn't, he, I never get I to like. I haven't seen Justice League yet. No, not the movie. Not the movie. No, no, not the animated series. Animated series, where he's where. Oh, he, oh okay. Yeah, okay. where he's. <laughs> where he's. You like, I am spoiler alert. Tomorrow. <laughs> it's not out here okay. either yet. Don't worry. Don't worry. Tomorrow. Uh, no, but I was talking about in Justice okay, League. Cool. He fights Darkseid, and at one point, he's fighting him. And he's there's a speech. I think people refer to it as the paper bag speech for Superman, where the idea is that Superman never actually gets to let loose. He's always holding back. And it's it's oh, with dark side. Yeah. And it's a combination of what you're saying. It's a combination of he also doesn't want to hurt people. He's, he wants to help people. But also on top of that, he knows his own strength and knows that he can't let loose. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what makes Superman? I really want to. I'm talking to my literary managers right now and I'm like, yo, if that Man of Steel 2 job ever comes up, I want it. <laughs> yeah. And uh I say they might not give it to my black ass, but like I want it. <laughs> but like what, ma- what makes Superman interesting to me is like, you know, he he's really concerned about being a journalist. He's really concerned about having stories out there and helping people. Like, if he sees like there's a hurricane happening in uh, like a different country and people are drowning, he's like, oh, I don't have to be here right now i can be there in four minutes and i can help people yeah and he just does it because it's like you'd be a dick if you had superhuman strength you could fly and shoot lasers out of your eyes and you could travel at the speed of sound like it's like dude, yeah you're kind of like a dick like come on, <laughs> and choose not to, to do... and save people yeah like, yeah, 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 yeah yeah you know well, like you know that and, and that's that responsibility gets hard on anyone yeah I mean, why do we why do we expect that of superman too that's another thing right that's a big burden on him yeah and i i just think like he is when he has that power he, he doesn't get corrupted by it it just absolves him mm-hmm. of fear and also because his parents raised him his mama raised him right yeah, and his parents and he grew up with friends and family and he uh even though like yes he is an alien yes he is a god he doesn't know about that i i just pictured him as um an average guy just an average run-of-the-mill dude from kansas who just happens to have amazing superpowers that's kind of like you know what makes him interesting to me and i don't think that's been tapped because they're like Oh, he's an outsider. He's an outsider. I'm like, no, the hell he is not. Yeah. Like, he, he just, like, he's still a dude. He has friends. He has a girlfriend. He has a good job working as a journalist. Yeah, that's something. He happens he's, to be able to, like, yeah, he's pretty much one of us. He's assimilated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something they, t- exactly. they, they touch on in Man of Steel. He talks about the fact that, like, you know, Zod and them are just like, you know, you've been here too long. Or not that he's been there too long, but... You, you consider yourself one of them. And in my head, I'm always just like, well, of course he does. He was born there, raised there. It's not like he showed up two days ago, dude. Like, if yeah, you spend exactly. 30, 30 years exactly. of your life somewhere, you're not going to... Not that you don't remember and still honor the traditions back home, but unfortunately, there was no one to teach him the Kryptonian traditions, so he went about it as best he's, he could, you know? Right. So, and while we're yeah, on like, the DC, DC and Marvel topic, actually, mm-hmm. I do want to know: Are you more of a DC guy or a Marvel guy? I feel DC, right, based on what you're oh, saying. Oh man, that's a. 
I mean, you said Superman's your favorite character, so I'm leaning DC. Yeah. But I, I still want to give you the chance to have the floor here. The official. Oh, the man. official statement. Oh, it's like I love, I love and hate them both equally. <laughs> <laughs> for, for for different things, there are things like, I. Like like Nick Spencer's Captain Hydra. Ugh, <laughs> man. Like I like I don't know. Like I started out as a DC kid. And then, and then the '90s happened with like X-Men yeah. and Spider-Man, and 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 I was like, oh, I'm a Marvel guy. And then DC came hard with their animated yep. uh, oh, yeah. Batman, Superman. And I, I think the '90s is the only time you could equally like Marvel and DC. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. true. You're, you're probably right. True. <laughs> like like as soon as that X-Men movie in 2000 came out, like. All bets were off. <laughs> Batman Begins came out, and then you know the division Dark started came back. Out. That's a good but, point. But then, That's a good point. The cinematic yeah. universe is really what split it again. Because you're right. When the cartoons were a thing, no one cared if you liked one or the other more. But ever That's since true. the movies came out, it's been a big competition of who has the better movie or better movie universe. And that exactly. said, I still haven't gotten your answer. You can lean more one way, but you're going to have to pick one you lean more towards. You can like both. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's both, man. Like, But as far as like mythology goes yeah. and, and just basically, I, I think I might lean just – a tilt a little bit with um with marvel because if you go into my comic book stuff like you'll see iron man you'll see spider-man you'll see daredevil yeah if you go looking at my dc stuff it's mainly superman and batman and i think one wonder woman comic that i got on free comic book day yeah and <laughs> and then that's about it but uh as far as the like I love DC when it comes to their animated stuff. Right. Their their cinematic stuff, I'm kind of split. Yeah. Um, I kind that's another reason why, like, I really want that. I, I really want this Man of Steel two job. Uh, <laughs> something missing when I watch Man of Steel, even though I think that he uh, Henry Cavill's perfectly cast. Yeah. Like, Same. Um, when when Zod in Man of Steel is like. I was I I was trained in the arts of Kryptonian martial arts and I learned to hone my senses and where were you raised Kal-El on a farm like I wanted Clark so badly to say well yeah that's how I learned how to fight and yeah. <laughs> that's how I learned all my stuff to do on a farm like that would have been so funny but like it was so dark and serious and dreary um I, I do I do like that he did kill Zod though spoiler alert same um, be, because like it, the way I saw it was, uh, I'm sorry if I'm going on a rant. No, so. no, no, no. That's hey, fine. I asked. I asked the question. <laughs> like, okay, like, it's almost as if like you're you're fighting another adult amongst other children. Like, if you're in a room babysitting a bunch of kindergarten students, and another adult walked in, yeah, and this adult is just as strong as you, and just said, "I'm going to kill all these kids." Oh, like, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good you analogy. Yeah, you would do everything in your power to stop them because he's gonna hurt children. Yeah, 
you know, and, and Superman, that's basically what Superman is. He's an adult amongst people who are as strong as three-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and the people, the people <laughs> complaining about him killing Zod are very, I as never understood that. I mean, if they watched the same movie I watched, I, you'd be like, yeah, that was the only option. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, devil's advocate. I, he... I, I agree with you guys. It's just that I know, and it unfortunately, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast, uh, Toby in the past about how people really like to stay true to their source and they get so hurt emotionally when someone changes a character and in their eyes, Superman mm-hmm. never kills. And it's just like, well, guys, and I mean, and also Batman never kills, quote unquote. But I mean, sometimes in the comic well, book, you've had you have to make decisions that are for the greater mm-hmm. good. And that's a common theme. That's a, that's a regular common theme that I find it weird that people were so upset that Superman had to do something. And, you know, David, that's a amazing analogy of two adults in a room with children like no you're 100 percent right i don't think there's a person in the world who would say yeah you know someone walks into a room and says i'm gonna harm these kids is the out the other adult in the room who's you know as powerful to and has the ability to do something is not gonna sit back and be like well okay don't do it though like no they're gonna stand up to them and try their best to protect the children so that's a really i think a really solid analogy and uh, a lot of people should I mean, well, you know, people, comic book fans Thank are you. ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of wondering what, what's going on with Batman because I'm like, Batman is like trained in 22 different martial arts. Yeah. This dude is a damn athlete. Why the fuck is a lawyer with a scarred face running around this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> like... Like that dude, like, so like, what, 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 like I think that, like I, I, I almost think Batman is in some weird dependent. He has a weird dependency on the villains. Oh, in a weird oh way. We've we discussed this as well. Yeah, yeah, we did a whole episode where we we discussed <laughs> m- mental health in comic oh, yeah? books and uh, at the beginning, and we discussed how Batman is one of the most. It was Batman, Sentry, and Moon Knight because we do this segment called DTD. Yeah, Moon Knight. Yeah, we do. A, we essentially do a game like Fuck Mary Kill, but with superheroes. So it's a drain. So you drain the powers from one, team up, you team up with the other, and you defeat the last one. And we did it Batman, Sentry, and Moon Knight. And it was based on, you know, people like superheroes with mental health issues. And Batman was listed amongst them because he does have a codependency on these villains. And, and he deals with the grief of his parents' death. And he deals with, you know, um, there's that com, there's that. Uh, be, ba- Batman Beyond episode where he says he knew like the you know they're trying to brainwash the crowd and Bruce Wayne is there and 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 Terry says to Bruce well how did you know this was all an illusion and he says well yeah in my, yeah in my head he kept calling me Bruce and that's not what I call myself and Terry's like well what do you call yourself and then you get it because he's like I call myself Batman that is who I am like he self identifies oh. as this. This man who runs around in a costume at night fighting villains. Right? I know. Yo, yo, can we talk about how brilliant like the animation was of that? Like, <laughs> yeah. I loved it when Terry's like, "What do you call yourself?" And like, Bruce like looks at him like he wants to say, "Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and and, and, and Terry's just like, well, <laughs> yeah. He's just like. And like Terry's like, well, that's my name now. Yeah, and he's yeah. Like, and he's like, nigga, please. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
and like, and Bruce Wayne is like a full ass grown eighty year old man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he still self identifies as the Bat Batman. I know it's it's an interesting, it's interesting, it's an interesting man. Interesting dichotomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like, I used to not think that he was crazy, uh, because I think the Nolan stuff they they did a great job of making him like grounded and psychologically yeah. like so many fucked up things happened to lead him in this way like mm. he could have become a police officer but but the, but the police are corrupt yeah um and like that's the a good whole point thing of like yeah like yeah. uh he could have become a lawyer but but you know lawyers can be bought off and the whole thing of like a symbol you can't fuck with a symbol yeah and you know you could be everlasting and you can transcend and you know if i die like another person will the come mantle. up yep. hopefully his name isn't fucking robin um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's nightwing yeah <laughs> yes hopefully yes hopefully he doesn't say oh since my first name is robin i guess i'll just <laughs> i don't like dark knight rises uh, <laughs> i was gonna I say <laughs> I have problems with the Dark Knight Rises, so just like a little bit, like a it, little. It was bit. it was kind of rushed, to be honest. That's all it was. It yeah, was, they didn't take as much time. Yeah, as like, the first two. Yeah, and I blame actually I blame super I blame Man of Steel because they they came up with the idea for Man of Steel while they were writing yeah. uh, Dark Knight Rises, oh, and okay. they pitched and they pitched it to Warner Brothers, and they said that's a great idea. You know what? You should have it come out exactly a year after Dark Knight Rises. Oh, and then Nolan, Nolan's like, I'm not directing that movie. He says, okay, <laughs> how about you mentor it, you get a director, and have them do it. And I think how the story goes, they wanted Darren Aronofsky to direct it. Originally. Um, yeah, and then Darren Aronofsky said, oh, I'm going to be doing the Wolverine movie. Yeah. And uh, but then he, but Darren Aronofsky is a big DC guy. Actually, he's like, oh. Oh, he's actually, I'm I'm going to leave. But this is kind of fucked up. Darren Aronofsky goes to Hugh Jackman. He's like, yeah, I'm jumping off this movie to do Superman. Oh. And he, so he jumps off of it. But Warner Brothers, you know, this is all about connections and who they know. Like Zack Snyder. I mean, even though you don't, I I don't like Watchmen. Um, it made a bunch of money. Yeah. So they were like, they they kind of hustled and said it, it, it should be Zack Snyder because he has encyclopedic knowledge about the about these characters and he's a comic right. guy, and you know so he's like okay and Zack Snyder was kind of hustled in there and but then Darren Aronofsky quits the Wolverine and is left with nothing. <laughs> and so the, and then the Wolverine, they find a new director, and they're like, so Darren Aronofsky, what are you gonna do? I think I, I think I'm gonna do a Bible movie. Gets <laughs> <laughs> shafted. So, just shafted. Well, yeah, I mean that industry it is what it is. Yeah, I was gonna say that industry. You you got to be careful with what moves you make. Like a, a decision can be like you know very quick and and very can either be great for you. I mean, uh, it's Edgar Wright that did Baby Driver recently, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, and he he's done a whole bunch of podcasts for Baby Driver, and a lot of the times Ant Man comes up, and you know he he oh, yeah. he says like when he did when he left Ant Man, he was really concerned that doing that was gonna not ruin his career, but you know put a put a you know kind of a a slow down the gears 
of his uh, his you know career as he was moving forward because his name was building, his popularity was building, and he had worked on Ant Man quite a bit. And then to leave the project was afraid that you know some people would see it as he's not reliable. Uh, some people would see it as oh yeah yeah you know so um, getting to do Baby Driver, he was really happy because he said if anything, this movie will help people understand that like given the chance, I like I I have. I have good shit. Like I, I will put it down and I'll put in the work. Oh yeah, like because yeah, you know, don't fuck with that mouse. Yeah. Don't uh, fuck with that. Yeah, mouse. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> true, like, true. <laughs> I remember when he when he walked away, like uh, like my heart broke because I'm, I'm a big Scott Pilgrim versus the World fan and mm. I really like all of his movies and yeah. I thought visually he could really bring something to all of that and yeah. like. Uh, and even when Baby Driver was like done, like mm. there were still issues with getting distribution done. Yeah. Um, for it because like I think they were talking to him about doing Ready Player One. Ooh, and they were talking I'm to so him excited about... for that, by the way. But anyway, sorry. Oh yeah, it looks good. And they were even talking to him about taking over Star Trek for a, a minute. Oh. And okay. yeah, like he was going to do the third one, Star Trek Beyond, and. But like people said, oh, he he walked away from the Disney movie. Yeah, you know. And yeah, that's exactly. He all... yeah. yeah, he walked away four months into shooting. Yeah, uh, four, uh, four months before they were to shoot. Yeah, so, like it, it does look bad on um, reputation. I think with him, he's used to having like ninety-seven percent control or just a hundred percent control. Mm. And when you're doing a Marvel movie, it's a big collaboration, so you have about eighty percent. Yeah control yeah, yeah, yeah um and it's all in how you communicate and not just with how you talk to people with how you listen to people too like i think i was listening to taika what taika watiki is a very um i, I love watching all of his interviews because he's so funny oh my god yeah he's great and, oh yeah and he just said like um it was a different experience because he's used to doing these small indie movies where he has a bunch of control but he came in and there was a script already done and it was kind of like he was a director for hire on yeah. this project. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Hired but, gun. But but he said, hey, like I have some ideas. I think you should put this song called from Led Zeppelin called Immigration, Immigrant Song. Yeah. I yeah. think you should use that. And I think there should be more jokes in this. And I want to play Korg. Yeah. <laughs> and I want and I want to rewrite all of the dialogue. And they're like, okay, and and uh, and they really and and Tiger never read any of the comics. <laughs> he admitted to it. He's like, I never read a Thor comic, but oh, I think damn. I want to make I want to make Thor the coolest character in the movie, though. And he and he worked. There was like a, like almost two years of pre-production oh. on that movie, and he was open to collaborating with them and saying like, hey, like, can can we punch up some of these jokes? Um, because I come from comedy, and the and it, and it, like and the, it does the, show. Yeah, like it's a it's a lot of his humor. It's yeah. a lot of his uh, stuff, and like I, I'm I'm in love with that damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> so good, like. Yeah, we talked. We did an episode about it recently where we broke it down. Uh, I mean, Toby and I said the same thing. We do generally like the movie. Uh, I think if anything, we we were just more. I'll speak for me. I I was hoping for a little bit more action. I think the comedy aspect was great. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. uh, yeah. all the actors put in you know one hundred and ten 
Uh, they were all really funny, really dedicated. The 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 way it was shot, the way the to- the story's told. Um, it's just that as a Marvel movie, and uh, I think I probably said the same thing about Guardians too. I'm not opposed to comedy, but it, it and I like that they add that levity to some very serious situations because if you take out the comedy of Thor, uh, as it is, it's a story about uh, essentially Satan taking over. <laughs> like right. God dies and yeah. Satan comes in and says, I'm going to wipe the world and start it anew the way I want to see it. And Guardians also, if you take away the comedy, it's about someone who's going, who's essentially going to take over everything. Um, and, and those, right. you, you know, with that said, I actually don't even think like somewhere in the second act, they kind of lose hella a bit. I know you guys can admit that they kind of like deviate from her and give us a little bit more of the heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they show her taking over Asgard, but her whole dream is to take over all the realms, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and she goes yeah. from this big grandiose plan to literally a Just, shell of it. You know, like yeah. It doesn't, yeah, because originally, doesn't get a chance to develop as a character as much as I would have liked anyway. Yeah, because originally she's looking for the sword that Heimdall has because she needs right. it to b- travel between the universes, the, 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 the different realms. And that's true. That does get lost in the sense that she kind of just starts killing Asgardians. Right, exactly. And they kind of it's so the story. I feel like they, you know, cut back or a little bit on giving us more Hela. Yeah. But hey. Yeah. I thought she was well, good in that role. I loved her in that role. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I think she she'll probably be in Infinity War and um Ooh, interesting. Also, can we please talk about someone tweeted that um Heimdall was like the Harriet Tubman of Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, so yeah. to see him in that movie actually fighting for once. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. The Harriet <laughs> Tubman of the sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that is actually that's pretty funny. Amazing. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, someone like tweeted it out. I thought it was hilarious. Well, we were but, uh, we said early on we were going to talk about this. I mean, this feels like a perfect time to segue. Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer movie, cartoon. What like what direction are you dreaming for? What direction do you think it so, would translate so better? With that said, I went I went on to Mr. Crownson's Twitter earlier. Okay, and I saw him tweeting at HBO. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting up HBO directly. Demon Slayer. Which would you rather watch, that or Confederate? Ooh, 100%. Yes, Harriet Tubman. Dude, that is a good yes. point. That's hilarious. Over eight hundred and ninety-nine people responded to that. Damn. I mean, dude, that's yeah. a. I would definitely rather watch Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer than some stupid Confederate idea. <laughs> Come on now. Thank you. 2017, why are we why yeah, are we trying it, to write stories where we're still slaves? Come on now. The like, you know, Harriet yeah, Tubman like, I, I don't want to Yeah, no, to you, to you. Did I you, don't uh, want to watch that. Yeah. Ava DuVernay in this or did she retweet it? Oh, oh, I I added Ava DuVernay. I don't think she retweeted oh. it. Yeah. But, that would have been amazing. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I've tried to get her to retweet it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I haven't, I haven't gotten anything. It, it's okay. I'm not like, I'm not mad. I'm not salty about it. She has, she has a lot of followers, so like, yeah. I'm sure people tweet her all types of stuff. Um, I first thought it was a movie. Okay. Uh, but the very first person that like approached me, um, 
about like optioning the rights was uh, Mona Scott Young, uh, who is the creator of the Real Housewives of Hip Hop. Um, um, but she was very like serious and educated and was just like, Hey, I think she was trying to do something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first I was like, I don't know. It's like from the creator of for love and hip hop. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like, I was like thinking about that, but, um, she just said like, do it as a TV show. Do not do it as a movie. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, and I was like, okay. Cause there's... And she just said it ever, and yeah, and it'll take a lot. It'll take forever for it to come out. And then um, your IP is lost in someone else's hands. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's a TV show, if you do it as a TV show now, this was like in 2016. She's like, it will come out in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be it'll be fast tracked if it's a TV show, and they'll take they'll get the best writers to work on it and they'll take time to fully develop it and make sure it's a fully fleshed out uh thing um but they won't just fart it out <laughs> like they were to if it were a movie yeah and you like, know where i can like see this did. fitting in you ever seen have you seen a tv show of van helsing yeah With, uh, no i didn't know oh. there it's so i didn't good. know there was a van helsing I think I don't know if it's uh, is it in the states, Tobes? Because I know we have it here on on space and stuff. A lot of those uh, there's a few shows that are Canadian productions that might not be. Unfortunately, our our cousins to the south aren't necessarily getting. And Van Helsing might be one of them. I think it it it, it's it's on the Sci-Fi Network. It's an American Canadian show, actually. Yeah. Okay. 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 They should should get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to like illegally download it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sci-fi. Dude, it's, I'm gonna it's have to. Actually worth it. Sorry, it's already got you off there, but it's actually worth it. And I see your show kind of looking like the world they created here too. So go check it out, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh God, For, Toby, thank you. I'm gonna <laughs> check the fuck out of that. Oh my God. You just gave him another show to be addicted to. <laughs> Yes, and I can't get addicted to more stuff. I'm getting really busy now. There's and so like, much out there. Like I have a, I have a few meetings. I've, I'm talking to people. I, I'm hoping that you know, things come out and they come out good. I can't. I can't say a damn. Thing. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, we, we won't. If, if and when it does happen, you're welcome back on. Yeah. Here to let us know. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, like, but I see, I see it as a TV show. It, actually, the, the biggest shade that I would love is if like HBO ends up canceling Confederate, and they were like, "We're gonna put Harry and Tubman Deanslayer." Yeah, on <laughs> that'd be dope. That'd be like, so dope. The best shade that would be like apocalyptic levels of shade. <laughs> that would block out the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like that's like my dream in in a, in a strange way. Uh, yeah, like, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I was gonna say um, one of the things that I t- uh, and this is off topic a little. Well, no, it's off topic. But one of the things I always like to ask people who are uber geeks, because you already mentioned uh, Marvel DC, it's also the Star Trek Star Wars. Because you mentioned Star Wars oh. earlier, but but mm-hmm. but which 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 what fandom do you fall under, good sir? Oh, I. I... 
I I'm sorry, y'all. I fall under. I am a Star Wars person. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, Star Trek. I I only got into Star Trek because of J.J. Abrams and like, exactly. Like, I. Yeah, like I like when I was a kid watching those TV shows. I'm like, I would only watch those shows because the Adam West Batman was coming on next, and I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, come on now. I'm trying to what what's really good with Zap. Bam. <laughs> not even not even Benjamin Sisko pulled you into Deep Space Nine, the first black no, commander. No, because no, <laughs> it was all it was all conversation and diplomacy. Like True. I'm a six year old, I ain't trying to see that shit. <laughs> Terrible. To see some some colors and some wham bam, not just intellectual cerebral shit. Interesting. I'm like I the, the shit was confusing. Like I'm like, why is Whoopi Goldberg on this show? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Like shit was confusing. I never, I'm on the same boat as you. I never really got it. It never struck a chord with me. I was just, I just never understood it. It just was not enough action. Yeah, not enough rare. fantasy. Yeah. I can tell. I can tell your face was painted on. You know, like the characters <laughs> were just <laughs> not like Star Wars. Star Wars was well it's like, done. What is this? Like, what is this? It's like, what yeah. is what is this? What yeah, is all, all the black people. Like what? What is all of this shit? Yeah. Oh my God. Take, like the the only brother, the only black people in space are blind, have have weird arches on their heads like this, or there will be gold bars. Like, there's no in between. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's true. Eh? That's like, what, what, all the white people are just white people. All the all the people of color are like blind alien. Some some weird alien. Yeah bird. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Whoopi Goldberg is Whoopi Goldberg with thick ass braids is as normal as we're gonna get on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love Whoopi Goldberg. Actually, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, I based I based Harriet Tubman off of young Whoopi Goldberg in the eighties. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> that's awesome. I was gonna say the bandana yeah. and the that's um what movie is that where she has the jumping jack? Is that what it is? A j- jumping jack flash. Yeah, that is it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That is so cool. And, uh, and Eartha Kit, Eartha Eartha Kit. Okay. And, yeah, it was like Eartha Kit, Whoopi Goldberg, and just from a visual context, yeah, we based yeah. it off Taraji P Henson because Taraji P Henson has like a Japanese anime-looking face. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> the but eyes. She has really big, expressive eyes. Yeah, the eyes. Yeah. yeah. I think we, yeah, we were kind of for the cover. We based it off of a little, like of all three of them, and then I, I just said Taraji P Henson because she has like a heart shaped face and she has big, expressive Japanese anime eyes. <laughs> and like Courtland was like, "What the fuck?" I'm, I'm like, "I'm like Negro. Look at these pictures." He's yeah. Like, oh, okay. I get <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah, no, so... no. Since we're on the topic of movies, uh, before I move away from comic books here, if you had to pick one, I'm gonna mix all the universes together. The Sony universe yeah. with Spider-Man and everyone. The Fox universe with the X-Men, Fantastic Four, all those characters. The Disney universe with, you know, Avengers and Iron Man, all those guys. And then we're going to bring DC into it now. If you had to pick one movie out of all of them that you think is your favorite movie, which would it be? Oh, man. Shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy I don't get asked that question because that's a, that's a loaded question. I know it. That's a loaded question. Loaded as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit, I think that... Uh, okay. One... Like, out of all of them? 
out of all of them. I already know which one mine is. Okay. My, because I, I picked this one because it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's also, it feels like you're reading or, or like watching a comic book unfold. Yeah. Okay. Avengers. Okay. Ooh, first one? First, first one. Like nice. that whole thing from beginning to end, it felt like a really good comic book run. Okay. And a good like comic book retelling. And uh, just, yeah, from beginning to end, it, and it just, even like that whole entire third act, like it just, it just feels like a comic book. And even the, um, this is me as a director talking, like even like the establishing shot. Yeah. It, it even like felt like how a panel of a comic book would start. So yes, that whole thing just it feels like that escapism I got from a comic book, like both from the emotional impact and from uh, meeting like when Phil Coulson dies and uh, yeah. also coming from uh, what's it called? Um, and also just the sense of humor too and how these characters relate to one another. Like they don't belong. These characters don't belong in a movie together. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. They don't even belong on a fucking team. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, like it, it, it really doesn't make any damn sense. But you know, Josh Whedon makes it make sense. Um, it does. The way the stories were pulled together those... into this one movie was just—it's honestly unfathomable. And no one. Oh, sorry, Toby, you were cutting oh, it. Oh, Toby, you got cut out. Oh, and Toby, I want to know what your answer is. Oh, my my answer. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. good. My answer is actually whew, Spider-Man 2. Interesting. <laughs> That's my second favorite movie. <laughs> That's my second choice. Spider-Man 2, like the first Spider-Man came, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, by the way. So when the first one came out, I was already like, whoa, I can't believe this is happening. I loved every moment of it. The story was great. It's the usual story you're used to, obviously, with, you know, Green Hobgoblin and Green yeah. Goblin and all those things. But the second one. With Doc Ock. With, with Doc Ock, that was probably, that's probably, to me, the best comic book villain we've ever seen. Hmm. Most complete, well-rounded, in-depth. We know everything about this guy. We know his motivations. He has enough screen time for you to actually possibly even like him as yeah. a character. Yeah. Before you mm-hmm. actually see him actually lose control. Um, and the humor yeah. in this movie with Spider-Man is on point. This is the best Tobey Maguire has ever played Spider-Man is in this. It's even it's Mary Jane. And I didn't like her casting at all. Yeah. I actually think she did really well in this one as well. Um, the action, the pacing, uh, man, the scenes. When you see Spider-Man flying through all that debris to save his aunt, like everything was just, ah, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's Black Panther. What about you, Doc? Black Panther. It's not out yet, and it's still going to be the best one. It's not even out yet. (laughs) Not out yet. No, no, that doesn't count. That's a cop out. Listen, I understand the black man. I get it. I get it. Fine. The Black Panther trailer. (laughs) No, uh, (laughs) because that's out. That counts. 
Those are the best the, uh, of all yeah. the like what like fit like seven hundred minutes of film. All those movies combined, probably more than that. Those three minutes still went. No, I'm joking. Um, it's, a, it's it's a hard question to answer. I'll yeah, admit that. I just already knew my answer, so I wanted to know if everybody else actually had one favorite. If they have to pick one, I mean, I oh okay. For me, I I I've said it and uh, and I've explained this. I, I still think that out of all those movies, um, Spider-Man: Homecoming for me is. I personally feel the best depiction of Peter Parker and Absolutely. and the best the I most agree. the most realistic depiction of a New York in, from the comic books even almost more so yeah. than the comic books somehow um where like it, it really is that diverse New York City uh that we're used to that division of rich where Tony Stark and and uh and happy and those guys deal with the the major and then you have the street level and it it's right. that that all those things combine uh, and this is probably the first movie in which they've actually clearly defined the difference between the two show the yeah. contrast yeah yeah and you know the other guys yeah because you, you keep seeing yeah. that 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 peter is trying to reach happy to tell him about stuff and when he finds out mm -hmm. about a major thing that needs to be addressed it, it he, because he's so street level and you know happy's dealing with a move and tony's off doing his thing with the avengers no one's paying attention and the street level criminals are kind of running rampant and they stayed under the radar the whole time and peter falls upon it and then does his best to try and deal with it as a street level guy because he realizes that oh these are the criminals that the the majors aren't noticing when they're you know they're off fighting in space or fighting this guy on earth or aliens or loki but there's just guys who can mm -hmm. who have suits and are doing uh, you know suits on par with iron man but they're they're doing it small and low to the point where no one's really noticing and and i thought that was a really good yeah like but... de developing sorry go ahead you yeah, know i was it, it felt like um i'm a big fan of those ultimate spider-man comics yeah yeah and the, the, uh, the Brian Michael Bendis, the entire run of it for the last 10 years, and there's a, a great thing where Spider-Man is, uh, I think he was, he goes to the Avengers to, like, he swings to their tower, and he's like, ask them for help, and they're they're all gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they're, like, they're, like, going to, like, as soon as he arrives, they're, like, taking off and going into space, and he's like, he's like, fuck! Yeah, yeah. And, like, <laughs> And he's like, I gotta do this by myself. And there's, for, for me though, T Toby, I love Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man mm -hmm. Two is one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite comic book movies. Uh, I used to get clowned for liking Spider-Man Two so much because my friends like Batman Begins came out a year later and ruined it for everyone. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to like Batman though. I feel like Spider-Man it's just got a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. I grew up with that kid. He yeah. was me, you know? Yeah. Peter Parker yeah. was me. <laughs> exactly. Like, he is what I kind of wish how they would even approach Superman a little bit. Like, he's just a dude. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. just a guy. Uh, but, but, like, there is something. Peter Parker drives the plot of Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm. You know, he, as soon as he witnesses this whole ATM thing happening, yeah. he's like, oh, like, I want to stop it. Yeah. And yeah. he actually, like, like the joy of he actually enjoys being Spider-Man. Yeah. Like I love yeah. it when he when he gets and they take time, even though it's a quick montage. They take time to see how Peter Parker's life is like yeah. in high school. Mm -hmm. Like he's you know going to class and he's watching himself on YouTube. 
Yeah. And and this and, and this is a post Avengers, post Civil War world. Like I loved it when it was they're in gym class and like it's those five girls and that one gay that one gay student. Yeah. And they're playing like fuck Mary Kill with the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and, and like and then when school like gets out, he's like really excited and he like goes and he buys a sandwich and he hasn't become Spider-Man yet, and then he buys a sandwich, and he runs across the street, and he's all like, and they show it all happened in real time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you guys have seen it, like, you know, and... I, I just love that in this movie, and, we just got an origin story without the usual origin yeah. story. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like... I kind of miss with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was said in another way. They still give you a little... Yeah. A little nod to it. But, I mean, how many times can oh, yeah, you hear like, Uncle Ben say that and see Batman's parents get killed on screen? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I mean, I don't know. With great power, it comes, it's such a great, like, we take for granted how well written that is. Like, yeah, like, yeah. How, like, like wow, like, like, if I ever meet Stan Lee, I want to be like, Negro, where did you come up with that? <laughs> I want to like, know. Like, Pick his brain. I want to know how he came up with that. Because, yeah. like, I remember reading it when I read, like, that amazing fantasy thing, and I was like, that, that shit kind of stuck with me emotionally. Yeah. You know, when I was, like, six years old or whatever. And it's a very iconic thing. And I, I mean, I'm kind of like, that shit is like Coke for me a little bit. I'm like, come on, man, just give me a taste. Just give me a brimstone. <laughs> uh, a, a grimstone or some shit, you know, of 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 Ben Parker, and just just have just have it there. That's all I need. Come on, baby, come on. But, just but, that but, emotional yeah, they, they, connection they, to Uncle Ben. Oh yeah, like yeah. just that that whole. Actually, I'm I'm pitching Marvel. Um, I have because Brian Uncle Ben isn't here anymore. Sadly, um, but yeah, I have this i I have this idea for Spider Man that I. Uh, want to pitch them i'll give you guys a little bit of it where it's it's peter parker but he's in his 30s and he's been spider-man for 15 years because he was 15 when he became spider-man yeah and things haven't gone amazing (laughs) pun intended (laughs) and he's broke and and he's living with his aunt still and he's 30 and she knows he's spider-man um, and I would just have it kind of be a, a day in the life of of Peter Parker. Like, what's it like to be 30? And you still haven't figured it out. <laughs> he still has to be a superhero. He still has to be this guy. And it's his high school reunion. He has to go back to his high school reunion and see that everyone's doing well. Um, wow, I that's, had it that's, that... actually, that's actually amazing to even think about that he's actually just a regular guy. Yeah. You know, and... Mm-hmm. and with all these responsibilities hanging over his head and he still has to go out there and save the world, what that does to you as a person. That's a very good perspective. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I was going to either. I was, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm going to call it. I was either going to call it Spider-Man 30 or I was going to call it Spider-Man um, high school, re, uh, high school, high school reunion or Spider-Man reunion. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but like <laughs> there's a funny thing where aunt May has moved on a little bit in her life. And she's like married. She's dating so. a black guy. <laughs> Dating a black guy, and the black guy looks like Uncle Ben on um, Uncle Ben's rise. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny when I when I, when I drew it up. Like, like that would be like my secret. Like she's dating this black dude, he's really looks, nice, and 
yeah. there's nothing bad about him. He's kind of like an average dude, but I, in my script, I wrote draw him like <laughs> Ben from the Uncle Ben's right. Like I, I just thought it was funny. Oh, but I say it would be hilarious. Uh, David, I, I gotta say, I want to thank you so much for this. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize it's oh. been an hour and forty minutes. It flies by when you're having great conversation. So I want to thank what you. Happens. Oh, awesome! Yeah, uh, I, I well, thank you so much, guys. But we talked so much about geek thank stuff. You. I don't know if we told people where and how to get the comic and how else they can support it. So if you want to just tell people, uh, I know I got my copy on Comicsology. Uh, for my for my tablet, but uh, where else and what else and how else do we support uh, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer? Yeah, if you go to peepgamecomics.com, issue two just came out, and you can actually order physical copies now from peepgamecomics.com. Um, and uh, issue two, uh, it's there digitally, and you can order physical copies as well. Um, I'm speaking with comic book publishers right now to see because i want to do 13 of these um to have it more more of them in stores but uh uh i would say you can hit me up and get a copy but i i need to reserve some of these issues uh for <laughs> a, few, a few a few a few comic book signings a few cons that i might do yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would like a couple of signed copies myself <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I have I have a book signing at Kevin Smith's secret stash, and I have another book signing on Saturday. <laughs> I can't like. Well, maybe we'll, uh, we'll send some out to you to sign, and you ship it back to us. We can do it that way too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I mean, okay. <laughs> oh, I have. Well, I did do. I think I this. I don't know if this will count, but I, I did when we, we printed out the cover. Uh, when we print when we did the digital copies, I did have them digitally put my signature on it oh cool on uh, on on issue two but some people are some people are like hey yo fuck that shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm like damn i didn't know it was that deep like like i get comics because i like the story he's like no nah, fuck i want to sell this in a decade i'm like i'm like damn <laughs> yeah because you, you like, your signature is underneath I your name I'm... right on the cover from what i see Say again your signature is underneath your name on the cover from what i see here yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. And uh, issue two is uh, a, a lot of fun. It's drawn by uh, Joey Vasquez, who did X Men Blue, and he does a few. Um, he's doing a few other Marvel stuff that I can't say what it is, but he's also done like some Marvel promo stuff. Awesome. Uh, it's colored by Josh Burcham, who does the Samurai Jack and the Transformers comics. Oh, cool. Uh, Cortland uh, was too busy to do issue two because he was finishing issue one yeah. while issue two was being drawn, and his wife was having their first child. Congrats! Uh, and he was uh, buying a house, so he's like, "Hey, damn. man, I'm kind of like caught up with some shit right now. I can't <laughs> yeah. draw this." And I'm like, I, "I get it, I understand." So, but Cortland did letter issue two. Okay. okay. Um, issue three will be done by the same exact team as issue two. They're, they're gonna, we're probably gonna be getting back to work on that. Um, later on this month yeah and uh either before thanksgiving here in america uh before maybe next week there might be maybe there might be an announcement about harriet tubman potentially becoming something else that you could potentially maybe binge watch i don't know i don't know i don't know uh, okay oh, and by the way on that note where can people follow you to keep track of yeah, the stories to kind of you know figure out exactly 
um, what's next in Mr. Crownson's world. You can follow me on Twitter at dcrownson, or you can follow me on Instagram, which is the same handle, dcrownson. If you just type in David Crownson, it, it'll pop up. Um, apparently, I am at capacity on Facebook, because Facebook, you can only have 5,000 friends or something <laughs> like that. But, but, um, but I'm going to start unfriending, because I found out a lot of people are low-key Trump supporters. <laughs> uh, my shit. Because whenever I I post something, I see like you know some people posting their Trump shit on, on it. Like, hey, Donald Trump is way smarter than Obama. I'm like, oh, thank you for explaining. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, you are the weakest link. Yeah. Goodbye. Oh yeah, man. like, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Toby, for inviting me on and taking the time to talk and be nerdy with me. And oh yeah, man, it was uh, a pleasure. I, I appreciate you. I support you. Uh, I apologize for being a little bit late. I had to get my headphones. No, don't worry about uh, it. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no, no problem. Yo, but yeah, I was in the bathroom, man, when you first started calling yeah, me. Yeah, I'm exactly. like, <laughs> I, I was sitting down, and I'm like, I can't answer. That. Yeah, nah. Right. nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought about it. I'm like, no, I'm like, no don't worry about kinda... it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm like, that would have been like kind of funny, but I'm like, nah, they're like injured. This is how I'm going to meet them. Like, <laughs> first impression. First impression. That would have been a great first impression. Yeah. Matt's like, hey, what's up, guys? Hi, like, how you doing? I'm a little busy at the moment. Okay, cool. Uh, give me like 10 minutes. Like, like That's hilarious. I for the sound you just heard. I've been drinking coffee and eating cookies all day. Like oh, no, it, it, it wouldn't have been. I was like, nah, nah, nah. Let me like, let me just let that ring. <laughs> let true. me let that ring. But I appreciate the both of you. I thank you. I, I look forward and hope I can come back on again. <laughs> okay, man. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll definitely awesome. talk to you soon. Uh, thank you for everyone who tuned in. Uh, we're gonna post this up uh, as a podcast um, real soon, like probably by tomorrow morning. Uh, so you guys will be able to catch it again if you uh, if you want to re-listen. Uh, and if you didn't get a chance to, well, you know, thanks for listening to it now as a podcast. Uh, David, thank you thanks, so much. Guys. We'll talk to you soon, you. and uh, we look forward to all the the updates. So once again, guys, you can follow D, uh, D. Crownson uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and check it out at Peep Game Comics. Comics is spelled C O M I X dot com. That's it, folks. We're out. Yes.